Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at Cure Ratio CBD, a full-spectrum CBD uh, product, take a look at their pitch deck, and rate them on the seven tips with successful investment deck. Uh, number one, will they identify their business plan goals? Two, do they know their audience? Three, do they understand the market? Four, will they identify needs and roadblocks? Five, do they know what sets the business apart? Six, will they introduce the team and products? And seven, will they create a summary? Help us look at this investment deck is Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney. Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. All right, so let's take a look at Cure Ratio. Here's the seven tips of successful investment deck. We'll get to that eventually. So Cure Ratio, the Tesla of the CBD market. Uh, I am short. I'm short Tesla. Just just throwing that out there. I, I don't know about that comparison. Uh, self driving cars, solar panels, batteries. Or maybe they, maybe they don't have any products that actually sell. They're just selling energy rights. Maybe that's <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, we digress. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move forward. Curatio Life Sciences uh, proposition. They want to raise a million by issuing convertible notes. So they're going to be offered a minimum twenty-five thousand with a seven percent interest rate, uh, with a, a discount of twenty percent. Uh, doesn't give us a cap yet, but they start right off at uh, what they're what they're looking for. So I like that. Okay. I what I don't like about that slide, Josh, is their valuation is to be determined on the third quarter of twenty twenty-one. Um, so you're expecting me right off the bat to invest a million dollars in your company without knowing the valuation of your company. That is highly unusual. Let's see if they can explain such an oddball term, Josh. Yeah. Even, even pre-money valuation, you can throw something out there and then obviously it's going to change and you just put a, um, a valuation cap on there. Uh, for investors, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where they go. Then they jump right into the team. That's good. That's number six on our list of seven tips to a successful investment deck uh, with the founder and then um, looks like vice president, family business. Supply chain partners. That's good. That lets us know uh, that they are in business or at least they have an idea of how to get sales out there. So partners in the supply chain. Interesting. All right, that talks about the FDA registered practices, fulfillment, digital media, and sales. So their distribution network is 11,000 natural food stores, 3,000 pharmacies, 300 plus wholesale online stores, and 25 um, looks like brick and mortars. And then down in Brazil, they got access to 10,000 physicians. Uh, Josh, this is troubling. Um, all the asterisks on this slide say we have orders that are on hold. I, I understand why. Uh, we all we we've all had struggles during during 2020, um, but uh, this is this is troubling uh, because CBD sales have continued during. Uh, during the pandemic and other people are selling their product. And um, I understand that uh, brick and mortar stores may have had uh, closures and, and lockdowns, which may help this, um, 
but let's see if they have actual sales, Josh, or, or if this is just a, uh, I'm going to sell my stuff in the future. Right. Yeah. So it looks like they did have um, their distributor ho holding up some orders due to the pandemic. And then there was some signed contracts, but still awaiting the first order. So seems more like a, a letter of intent, but we'll see if there's some actual sales and numbers. Uh, so secret sauce or what makes their unique, their product unique, um, sets them apart is that um, they've fine tuned some cannabinoids. It's THC free. So it's using a patent pending process uh, for CBN providing THC full spectrum entourage effect. It's good. That's uh, I, I like the full spectrum aspect of this product. That's good. So delivery matters. So most CBD oils exhibit six to 8% absorption. Most nano emulsions increase absorption to 40%. Cure ratio increase absor absorption to 70%. So a lot of people are talking about, you know, nano, um, nanoparticles or nanotech um, and other you know, faster ways of bioavailability. So good thing is you might not overdose. It's gonna happen a lot faster. Um, Bad news is, is it really is going to require you to know where your product came from, because if you're in an area that has heavy metals, toxic, you know, heavy metal buildup, um, this nanotech can cross that blood brain barrier a lot faster and it'll bring with it the any impurities. So if you have uh, heavy metals, it'll bring that and you don't, you don't, you don't want that. That's what I'm saying. Well, they do state that they are a GMP facility, so that's a good sign more about the secret sauce and how their delivery systems are crucial. They have a checklist here with specifications, whether it's isolate, broad spectrum, full spectrum. I, I like their chart uh, based on their competitors, but they should have named their competitors, Josh. Uh, an isolate brand? Okay, which one? Uh, the broad spectrum brand? Which one? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I, this, this is an interesting way to go about it. Uh, you, you are addressing your competition without naming your competition. Uh, there's so many CBD brands, it would be kind of hard to, but we'll see if, if, they, uh, if they call out anybody specifically. They do, to your point about GMP um, or uh, pharmaceutical grade standards, they are GMP certified, FDA registered manufacturing facility, all those good things, ISO certified. Um, I like the QR code on the package uh, that the consumer can review the COA. Uh, I'm starting to see that be a requirement in some places. So that, it, that really indicates a knowledge of the industry uh, to be ahead of the curve there. That, that's, that's wise. All right, so here's the products they've got. So some oral and topical products with some MSRP pricing anywhere from uh, 50 to $70 on the topicals and 35 to 90 on the oral products. Cure ratio, they have a promotional support program. So comprehensive digital marketing, advertising, uh, public relations, blog contents. Look at this number, Josh. We have a CAC customer acquisition cost of 41 cents. That is remarkably low. We got some financial projections here. So revenue and expenses. 
these are projections. That's that's great. They've done some math. Um, I, I I think that's that's good. Um, I would really like to see actual product sales. Yeah, I think all these revenues are are estimates, um, estimated projections in capex. So cash flow analysis. Again, we've got um, revenue and expenses, product cost, net income, cumulative cash flow. Uh, these are still projections for. 2021, Josh. All right. Life science value proposition valuations by the third quarter 2021 is going to be somewhere between five and 10 million using a $5 million discounted valuation of 20%. That turns out to be 4 million bucks. I like the actual real life example, but they have not yet given a valuation. So we finally get some future value. They expect to have a four-year projection revenue, 22.8 million and projected cure life science valuation of 100 million for a potential of a 25x initial investment return. Well, let's see if they meet our seven tips with successful investment deck. Did cure ratio identify their business plan goals? Yes. All right. Did they know their investor audience? They used lots of buzzwords that investors like. Uh, and I think that they have a marvelously wonderful draft pitch deck uh, once they get some real numbers in into their pitch deck. I, I think it's going to be really good. Um, but uh, without any real numbers in their pitch deck, I, I got to give them a half a point there. Do they understand the market? They do talk about the difference of their product. Uh, they do talk about the technology of um, the, the nanoparticles. Uh, they do talk about the nanoparticles being uh, better absorbed than some other uh, products available. Um, I'll give them a half a point. All right. Do they identify needs and roadblocks? I think that their biggest identified need and roadblock is the pandemic. Uh, and, they're, and they're blaming the pandemic on their lack of sales. Uh, which which is a perfectly valid thing, uh, but if they have product um, sitting in a warehouse somewhere, they could be selling that product today. Um, and while they identified the needs and roadblocks, being GMP certified, uh, being hooked up with FDA uh, approved and regulated uh, businesses, this is all good, and and that tells me that they have identified the need and the roadblock. They get half a point done. I don't think they need to address unnecessary um, issues like Delta 8, for example. If you're not producing Delta 8, you don't necessarily need to say that it's illegal or you can't process it. But I do think that you should identify something to say, like, if we wanted to produce this particular product at the moment, it's not legal. Um, that way that it's letting the investor know that you've done your due diligence. You know that there's roadblocks out there. The FDA is going to be an issue. Uh, so there needs to be your own slide for the pandemic and for your roadblocks. So um, I would agree with you on that half a point there. Knowing what sets the business apart, uh, they did kind of have a few slides with secret sauce. What's your take on that? Nanoparticles are not unique. Full spectrum is not unique. They talk about their patents on their sonication technology. Uh, I don't even know what sonication technology means because they didn't define it. Uh, sonic indicates sound. Uh, so uh, that's just, um, they, they missed an opportunity there to 
sort of explain to the non-scientific investor um, what, what their secret sauce is. And then I really think that their failure to identify by name their competition um, it is a problem. I, yep. I, I don't think I can really give them a point, John. All right. Uh, they did introduce team and products. Um, they introduced the team right off the bat and then waited towards the, the end to introduce their topicals and tinctures. They met the requirements. Yeah, I would say that if if your secret sauce is uh, this rapid bioavailability, like 10x, um, and that your secret sauce is the um, the CBD itself or, 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 you know, this nanotech, then I would maybe explain, like you said, Katrina, about the sonication technology and, and put that towards the top. Um, generally, that's why you have the, the founders at the very top, the team, is because you have something that's uh, scientifically challenging or that makes your team unique. So, um, all right. Creating a summary, a call to action. Did they meet number seven on our seven tips to a successful pitch deck? Uh, yes, but they didn't make it a summary. It was the very first slide. <laughs> this is what we want and this is why we want it. Um, and, and so they did have an ask, they did have a call to action um, and we've already addressed the, the problem with their call to action without evaluation at all. Um, I mean, just, slap evaluation on there and <laughs> and if the investor doesn't like it the investor can negotiate the valuation so i do think that they get a point there they they've gotten further than most of the slides we look at josh yeah so it's a four and a half out of seven on our seven tips to a successful investment deck giving them a 64 percent so not too shabby I, I would like to make a comment, uh, some some hints for for folks that might be working on their own um, uh, pitch deck. Uh, the the implication of this pitch deck is that this is a family company. Um, it is a father and son, and and that is wonderful. There's absolutely nothing wrong with a family company. Uh, a lot of developments uh, come this way. Uh, but as an investor, uh, you have a you you now have to deal with a father and son who may not uh, be um, uh, aligned with with an investor uh, value. Uh, and as an investor coming in, the the father and the son are going to own the majority of the company. Uh, so the way for entrepreneurs to address this is in the team slide. Um, in who are your advisors? Uh, do you have anyone else in management that is not a family member? Uh, so if if somebody if one family member invented this and the other family member is a business person, wonderful. Let's get a third management member unrelated to the family, maybe for financials uh, or maybe for uh, marketing or, or, or something. Get, get some unrelated person in management. Uh, and a lot of entrepreneurs encounter this, you know, uh, I came up with this wonderful idea and my dad gave me the money. And so that makes my dad the majority shareholder. Uh, but that can be a red flag for investors. 
because there's a natural alignment of family members uh, on the board to vote together to support one another. And if you come in as an investor, let's just say this is a, a, a $5 million company and you invest a million, you're, you're only 20%. You're gonna be outvoted every single time. And that can be a problem when the company needs to pivot. That can be a problem when the company is getting ready for exit and uh, the, the terms of the exit uh, because you're gonna be outvoted. And again, Josh, the way to deal with that is to put somebody else on the board, put an independent third party, not family member on the board or have someone in, in executive C-suite level management that is not a family member, Josh. Uh, but otherwise, I think their pitch deck is pretty good. And I do not want to say that family company, family-owned companies are bad because that's just not true. I'm trying to provide guidance. Uh, if you are a family company, this is a way to uh, mitigate some concerns of investors, Josh. I don't think you've invested in uh, CBD companies. I shy away from uh, anything that's uh, CBD at the moment um, because of just how congested that market is. And so without any um, IP or any real definitive, and yes, 10X bioavailability is, is impressive, but I, to your point, there are a lot of companies out there um, making nano tech and have their own proprietary systems and are uh, claiming the same thing. And so um, I, I think there's an opportunity here. I think you could build this up. You could sell it to an MLM and have a quicker exit strategy than they ever anticipated and make a ton of money. So I think there, if it's not a 25 X a uh, hundred million dollar exit strategy, that could be something similar to selling out to an MLM and, uh, and doing that a lot faster. But um Decent deck, look good, um, four and a half out of seven. Mm -hmm. All right, we're gonna roll this one up. I wanna thank my guest, Katrina Gugowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. With that, we're gonna roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid, this is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.